podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. And we're live, we're in. Welcome, people, to another episode of Mugga Making United Great Again. We've got a diverse cast of us this evening. First and foremost, a regular. You guys all know Sebi. What's going on, my guy? What's good, bro? What's good, bro? How you doing? All blessed, man. All blessed, man. Looking forward to this week. It should be a good one. Good. Hopefully. Two big games for us, man. Two big games for us. Aka, you're becoming a regular now, man. What's going on? That's the one, man. Happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Um, always welcome, my guy. Last but never least, we've got a very good guest of ours from Manchester, Pandit J. What's going on, my guy? Yeah, what's going on, brothers? I'm good, man. Nice to be here, innit? Thanks for asking me on as well. No Lovely. problem, man. Lovely. Thank you for making time for us, man. So before yeah, man. we get into uh, this week's episode, we're going to talk about Fanslide, our partners uh, in a uh, very good in-play app. I don't know if you guys have been on it yet, but if you haven't, you need to get involved chance to make money. Obviously, a big game for us, obviously, is the Liverpool game. I'm sure all of us on the on the pod right now are going to play it. What what sort of tactics were you going to use, Sebi, for the Liverpool game to maximise your fan slide points? What are you going to do? I think, you know, when I look at the Liverpool game, I think we're going to be quite cautious at the start, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. for me, I'm definitely going to be looking to have a lot of defenders on, to, you know, to start start with, like, three defenders and, and, and kind of trying to get my, my stats up that way. But I think as we progress um, and we, we counter, 
I think, um, you know, going into, so for example, just at the end of the first half, I think we'll have like a good, I have, I think we'll have good attacking play then. So I might look, yeah, to my attackers, you know, at, at, at that time. And then also, you know, coming into the end of the second half, I'm going to look to my attackers. So it's going to be a very, very uh, tactical game. Um, mm. But I, I definitely feel like uh, Rashford, Bruno, and maybe Cavani, if he gets on, are going to get me the killer points for me to win. Gee, so you just, you're going like all out attack of it. You're not even wasting yeah. your time. You're trying to maximize no. them points. Hey, listen, I need those. I need those points, man. To start winning some bread, bro. I need to win some bread Trust on that me. on that thing. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really really exciting app, man. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Liverpool game. You guys that haven't downloaded it yet, get involved. There's a chance to win money. None of these sort of free bet offers, real actual cash money. And in the pandemic, every every little helps, man. So get involved, play us, challenge us on the app, and we'll see you there. But let's get into some business regarding uh, Manchester United uh, more specifically. And uh, we've come off two games, two games in the past week, cup competitions, not no league games in the past seven days. And first, we'll start off with the Manchester City game last week in the League Cup. That was a sort of 2-0 defeat for us. Just punt J, man. Obviously, it's been a few days since the game. But what are your yeah. feelings and thoughts after it, man? Um, do you know what? I'll be honest with you, man. It was, it, for United fans, it was tough, in it? Because, you know what? Semi-final again. And these these are the mm. games where you want to see United, the progress that they're making. And you want to see them get over the line. Do you know what I'm saying? And, when you're facing your rivals at home as well, getting beat like that, like, and it's not even like United played great. Do you know what I'm saying? And the, and, and 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 you can hold up your hands and say, "Oh, do you know what? Fair enough. Do you know what? We did what we we're supposed to do. We did our best." But it looked like United weren't really at the races. Do you know what I'm saying? So that makes it a bit worse. So the feeling was a bit sad for United fans. Do you know what I'm saying? Because obviously City, they were emotional as well after everything happened with Colin Bell and that. Do you know what I mean? So they come to Old Trafford wanting to make a point and wanting to win and everything. And United just didn't turn up, I thought. In the last third, I thought United were awful, to be honest with you. You get me? Like, those key passes that need to get made didn't get made. And these are the things that matter in these big games, like semi-finals, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, it was it was a hard result to take. Do you know what I mean? Mm. City kept a clean sheet as well, which made it even worse, you know what I mean? So Yeah. No, it was... And that's very hard to take, man. It wasn't. It was. A, it was a difficult one, man. Because as you say, we. I don't think we, we really got into the game, man. We really got into the game, and but I don't think City played that well. Aka, do you think City played very well, or do you think of the case of United well, being poor? Here's what it is, but for Oli, he's got to get over the line at some point. That's true. Four semi-finals, four losses. That's not looking good. Uh, Aka, what do you think it was? Yeah. Poor, poor United or very good City? Um. City are very, a very good team, so they make it look like easier than it, than it should have been. I thought I thought we'd give it more of a go, but it's no coincidence we've lost four semi-finals in a row. When you get to the latter stage of competitions, you're playing better teams, better systems, better tactics, better managers, mm. and we saw that on the on the League Cup game. You know they were they've got better players, they executed their game plan better, and they were comfortable. I think we were heavily reliant on Rashford doing something, and a, a moment of magic from Bruno. But in terms of controlling the game, dictating the pace of the game, making chances and looking comfortable, you know, City had City's defenders had our attack in their pockets. Um, so it's a bit of both, I think, Michael. I think we, we were poor. We, we didn't go for as much. Mm. But City are a very good team and they make it look easy at times, City. 
Is that is that is that what it is though, Seb? Is that what it is? Are we just the second team in Manchester? Is that is that all it is, or are we relying too much on two players, Rashid Bruno? If they have a quiet game, is it a case that if they're of form, United are of form? What's going on? I think obviously there's no there's no way ways about it. We currently are the second best uh, second team in Manchester because of you know recent form and whatnot. However, when I look at that game, I think especially in the first half, I think Rashford was threatening. Um, and as Pundit said, the final third areas though were, were poor. We didn't play the key pass. But one thing I say in regards to playing the key pass is um, I think like Marshall just needs to pick uh, when to come short and also when to stay on the shoulder. So there's loads of times where I feel like our midfielders had progress play and it might be actually, sorry, rarely we progress play, but in the times that we did progress play, I feel like Martial kept on looking uh, for the ball to feet. I think there was there was times where he could have been on the shoulder and make the run and force the issue because sometimes um, it's as good as, you know, the midfielder playing the pass, but sometimes the striker makes you play that pass. Do you know what I mean? When the, the striker's movement's there. But if the striker's always looking uh, uh, um, for the ball to feet and, you know, you're trying to actually push the issue, sometimes you see the attacks break down because the midfielder's maybe taking too long on the ball or picked the wrong pass. So I feel like it's important for our number nines to to make that movement. And I won't blame Marshall totally. I just think, like, at some times, he could, we, we could have got in better positions if he made that run. What what do you think it is though? What do you think it is? Do you think it's a get a lack of sort of chemistry between the team? Should our midfielders know? Because really and truly, a team should know what run um, a striker is going to make. Or do you think Martial is not making the runs in behind because he doesn't trust his midfielders to make the make get the ball to him? Pundit J, what one do you think it is? Um, I think it's a bit of both. You know, to be honest with you, I think there's a lot of immaturity in the United front line. To be honest with you. Now, if you check it out, yeah, like Rashford, um, Martial, and say Greenwood when he plays, they're all under the, they're all under the age of 26, 26 or under, do you know what I mean? And Martial's the eldest out of those three in, in particular. And I don't think he really sees himself as a number nine. I think he's a bit confused. Do you know what I mean? Because he's left wing sometimes, sometimes playing up top. And over the last few years, he's been, he's been left wing and he's been up top. So, he has to learn the art of that, of that role, in it? And it's about the chemistry and is Oli the right guy to give them that chemistry to coach that properly? Do you know what I'm saying? That's 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 the bigger question. And when we're looking at Bruno, Bruno's a type of guy. He'll always try things. He'll always try. He'll, he'll try ten things wrong and four of them right. Do you get me? That's how that's how he operates in the game. So it's up to the strike. Rashford making great runs. Do you know what I'm saying? And the ball wasn't coming. So I, when I look at it. I think it's a bit of both, to be honest with you. Nah, nah, I, I agree. I think that's that's probably one reason they brought in Edison Cavani, isn't it? You got you got a thirty-three year old striker who's been here, done it. He's done it at World Cups. He's done it at, at the European level, and they probably brought someone in like him, similar to when they brought Ibrahimovic in earlier a few years ago under Mourinho, just to sort of have that sort of influence over the strikers. Do you think we have this discussion regularly, Seb, on this man? Is Marshall number nine? I know where you stand with this man, but is it what is the season for Martial? Is is it make or break season for him? Am I being too dramatic here? Can he be our number nine after what he's showing so far this season? 
Mm, yeah, no, Marshall ain't it, bro. He ain't it. So for me, bro, like and you, when you look at Man United and you look at you know who we've had as a number nine, even right up to right up to Ibrahimovic. Do you know if if we're, if we're being real, right up to Ibrahimovic, we've always had a number nine that can it is a bit magical. Do you know what I'm trying to say somebody who can you know turn the tide in an instant. And I just don't think Marshall's that. On top of that, we've got players, we've got number nines um, at, my, at Man United that play number nine all their life. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Or are just special so they can play there sometimes. I don't think Marshall's neither. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I think, as Pundit said, I don't know what he wants to be. I don't know if he knows what he wants to be, but he doesn't move like a number nine. And as I said to as I said uh, about Marshall is I think Marshall's a decent player. In fact, I think he's a very good player. I just don't think he's a striker. Like I think with the right coaching, he could play left wing. I think we've seen him like even for example in in the match in the City match, he's always drifting to the left. Naturally, he wants to go on the left because he's more comfortable cutting into the right and doing something off of that. I think that's just a natural thing for him. Do you know what I'm saying? So why not start there? But the only thing is, even even regards to starting on the left or starting as a winger, he's not he's not aggressive enough. Do you know what I'm saying? When you talk about the runs in behind, he's not aggressive enough on the wing. The reason why Rashford gets so many chances, even though sometimes he fluffs his chances, is because he's aggressive. He's aggressive with his movement and more time the ball's going to come. If he makes a mistake, he makes the mistake. But he's always aggressive with the movement and I think that's important in your game. If you want to be a top-level player, you either have to be special when a ball comes to your feet where you just can't be touched or you have to be aggressive with your movement. You have to have a level of intensity. Like Football's kind of moved on now. It's moved on from that maverick type of player you can go to a small team and be a maverick. You can, you know, you can be a Jack Grealish in a villa, do you know what I mean? And go be a maverick and get the ball to feet and do whatever you want to do with it and play that free role. Or if you're at a top team, you actually got to work. You know what I mean? You've got to be intense. You, you've, you've, got to, you've got to show a bit more than a couple dribbles. So for me, I think this is definitely make or break season for Martial. Definitely at number nine. Um, but even his career at Man United, because for example, if you don't go well, if a cheeky bid comes in, do you know what I mean? United might think, let's let's just cut our losses, isn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? If he's not firing, you come off a come off a bad season, it is it's quite possible. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's players that I know Man United are not gonna sell. I don't know if Marshall continues the season, Marshall will be on that list of not sells or, 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 or players that are gonna sell. How how much? Twenty five years old, five years in the Prem will be probably up to six years in the summer. How much are you taking for Marshall? Minimum. I'll tell you that sixty mil, sixty-five mil. Others, what are you taking for my share of summer? If if it continues like this, I'll put that in. If it continues as it is, and he's probably bagged, ends the season with what twelve goals. What are you taking? He's not going to go anywhere though. Like he's on two hundred k. I'm taking seventy. Seventy, sixty. I can't come in. Come in. Let's hear alternative opinion. Ideally. And with these guys, you want 60 to 75 million. But with his wages, you're just not going to get that unless he takes a wage cut. He's on he's on big wages, man. He's on Man United number nine wages. And he's just not cutting the mustard at the minute. He's not a number nine. I'd rather keep him on the left and see how that goes. The issue was Rashford played on the left before. So we had this issue where we had two great players playing on the left. So we decided we're going to move one of them into number nine. Now, they're both not really for number nines for me. But Rashford might mm. have given him a get-out-of-jail card because... Rashford is actually doing really well on the right this year. So that gives mm. Martial a bit of life. 
in his Man United career. So he may just get a reprieve and play on left wing. But if you're talking 60, 75 million, you know, he's going he's gonna to have to take a wage cut for someone to pay that because no one's going to pay 70 million for him and then pay him 200 bags a week for him to just stink out the joint at number nine. That's it. That's it. But then I guess we can all, we can all talk who we want to replace or potential replacement with obviously how long it's touted about uh, a lot. But it's just, do we have the money? Do we have the, finan- do we have the finances for such a deal? And also, does Haaland want to come? He's probably got the whole of Europe in his DMs right now. So There's, so many, there's too many things working against us for Haaland, man. Too many things. His dad played for City, breaking, broke breaking, his dad's leg, ended his dad's career. Me. Fucking, what else? Um, Mino's his well, fucking agent. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's yeah, going to have yeah. bags of club. There's so many things working against us for that deal. So, you know, usually I'd be optimistic. I'd say, you know, we're united. We can come in for anybody, pay whatever, whatever, even in regards to wages and that. But when you think about the personal things in regards to Haaland, I'd be very, very shocked if he came to Manchester United. Uh, he looks like he looks like an open goal for someone like City. Do you know what I mean? In my even opinion. Yeah, what you saying? What you say, sorry, bro? Even Liverpool are more likely to get Haaland, I think, just with the way the situation. If, if Liverpool want to go for Haaland, they can get him. It's just a matter of if they want to go for him. But like, like Seb said, City and Liverpool are more likely to get him than us. Well, we better start looking yeah. elsewhere. You know what, as well, I can see. Yeah, because I, I can see like a, um, I can see Rayola trying to trying to conjure up a little bidding war as well. Because we know what he's like already. Do you know what I mean? They don't care. And obviously, if he knows he's got one of the best assets in Europe right about now. How, how old is Harlan? 19 or so? 19, yeah. 29. He's putting 19, up them crazy... 19, yeah. yeah. 1920 and he's putting up them crazy numbers, yeah. So think about it, all the top clubs are gonna want him. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's gonna come down to money, innit? A lot of it's gonna come down to money and whether a club's gonna go out there and make the outlay that Riola and, and, and Dortmund are gonna want because when United were, were going for Sancho, it looked like they weren't ready to put the outlay out there for him. Do you know what I mean? So we'll have to wait and see with that one. But ultimately, I think I think Riola's gonna be staring the pot sooner or later, innit? That's his that's his that's his bag. That that he's got great players, and it's funny. He's 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 players seem to love him. Like I saw Ibrahimovic like put up a sort of photo on his IG when Raiola won best agent was it in the world or something like that. He won the best agent award. So you know I, I don't know what's going on. Best agent what, what, in the world. Why wouldn't you put the photo when he, when he's getting you like two hundred fifty k every deal, bro? Like Ibrahim <laughs> Ibra is like <laughs> Ibra is almost fifty and still getting two hundred back from every single club, bro. So I, I'll put up his photo too, bro. You <laughs> 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 must be Mike Tyson's agent as well, then, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, but okay, so City game, 2-0 loss, I think. Um, what did you guys think? This is a personal thing for me. I did a little uh, post-game reaction on it. Mac Fred, what was your opinion on Mac Fred? Uh, Mac Tominay and uh, Fred in the middle of the park? Because I felt that the ball in transition in that game wasn't very good. What, what did you guys think about that? That's open to the floor. The issue is with Mac Fred. I... Sorry, bro. No, no, go on, go on, bro. If you're gonna play McFred, you have to get the the wins in the in the wins column. So you can't play McFred and then lose four semi-finals for me because it defeats the purpose. Why why aren't we giving it a go then? So I think in the next big game, well, I say that Liverpool's gonna be the next big game and he's gonna play McFred again. Um, but yeah, that for me, McFred, if you're gonna play him, they have to get the the wins or at least not lose like the way we've been losing the big games. So it's mm. be- it's becoming a big issue in the big games 
that we're playing these guys and we're still losing. So something's got to give. Either we start winning or we actually make a change and we don't play these two. Because like you said, Michael, the ball transition, getting out, out, out of our own half was really bad. Um, and that's not on them because that's not their skill set. You see, you see what I mean? Mm. As as a, a two prong destroyer kind of thing, doing you know breaking up play and making sure the defense is protected. But then that puts a lot of pressure, like we saw on Bruno and Rash. And then if Martial's anonymous, you know, and Rashford's getting locked off on the right, we don't have you know many chances to you score. Very long, yeah. Hey everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Joy. When I spit bars in a ring, man, I go hard like Santan. Very true. That's very true. Pundit J, what are you going to come in on now? You're going to say something? Yeah, ultimately, you see, Fred and Tom. Yeah, we all know. Yeah, they're not they're not good enough. And when when and when when you play big games and you want to win the biggest trophies, sometimes yeah, these two guys, yeah, as much as in the big games, certain times they'll turn up and we might get the odd result now and again. Ultimately, when we're talking about getting over the line and having that proper extra quality, yeah, it's not good enough. Because if you see Fernandinho was thirty five years old, yeah, he bossed that midfield. Yeah, United mm. have got Fred and McTominay. McTominay's 23. He's still semi-learning the game. But when I look at his touch, when I look at his first touch, when I look at his passing, when I look at all, all he's doing, he's getting props for passion rather than quality. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and for Man United, yeah, to get to where Man United want to be, they're going to have to change one of them. Do you know what I mean? Because this, this McFred thing isn't the future, in it? Do you know what I mean? It's just for now and it needs it needs sorting out. And I'm not, I'm not surprised United are kind of scouring the world for a for a new DM because they need one in it. And Fred, he plays he plays like he's on ice skates for me. 
He's always falling over. It's like it's like he's not in control of himself when he gets the ball. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> You're calling him Bambi. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I guess that's the thing. I feel we both recognise uh, they're not good enough. I was even saying like last week, I would rather have one Fernandinho than Matt Fred. And I'd rather play with 10 men and Fernandinho than 11 and Matt Fred. Just, just how, how poor um, them two sometimes can play. It's just... I guess it's just situation we find ourselves in is that all the money we spent on midfielders in the last sort of five six years we still we still haven't really replaced. Um, what was it before? Skulls carry Cargrees in our midfield, but anyways. So, so uh, just on that, yeah, just on uh, McFred or whatever, I definitely mm. feel like out of that combination, I, I I see more I see more with McTominay. So I don't see more with McTominay in like current performances, but I look at the profile players and I say, you know, if a serious coach comes in with the ability, the natural ability in regards to physical ability and just mentality that he has already, I could see a serious coach and just simplifying his game. He needs to improve his passing. You know, we're not like, let's not shy away from that. And I feel like at sometimes he needs to uh, uh, improve his positioning. Yeah, those are two things that I think are coachable assets. Whereas Fred is just dumb. Like I feel like Fred is just dumb. He does some dumb shit. Like as in, like he'll be at the edge of the box, yeah, and try shoot with his right foot. He's never scored with his right foot ever in his life. Like I, I don't know where where you learned that from. Don't know where you practice that. But he's he gonna try them in training. Bro, he's gonna try <laughs> shoot with his right foot. It makes no sense. Like, and how many times we see him with his back towards um the pressing player? They nick the ball and they throw on goal. I've seen that with Fred millions, millions. I've seen that with Fred so many times. It's just, yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not shocked when it happens. So for me, when I, in regard to McTominay, there's like a base there. Do you know what I mean? There's like an empty shell there where I feel like if you get a top coach, you can pattern some things with him. That's why I give him leeway. Do you know what I mean? And, and on top of that, he's also able to put on decent performances on his day. Yeah, they're few and far between. Yeah, and we're not going to say that this guy bangs out every single game and he's good every single game. But when he does play well, he plays really well. Do you know what I'm trying to say? But again, when he plays shit, he plays really, really shit. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just feel like him is a coach, is a coach thing, is a coach mm. aspect. And that's why I give him leeway. Plus, he's a man, like, plus, he's been at the United since he was five. Do you know what I mean? I'd yeah, rather sure. give him leeway than somebody like Fred. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, Academy product. Yeah, I guess there was. He's got, he's got physical attributes. Obviously, he's tall. Um, obviously, what well, so he strength a little bit if you can score, his passing, bro, man. You can score, yeah, bro. You can get a goal, like. he, striker, he, he, younger, so. he can get a goal, he can man. He can bang. So. That is the, the, McTominay plays at the minute, he plays because Fred is the most liveliest midfielder, but like like Seb said, he's a bit dumb and he's a bit rash, so he just, he'll just go and press or he'll lose the ball. So if you watch McTominay play, he's actually quite close to Fred. So if McTominay is in the team, they play as McFred, so McTominay can sort of gloss over Fred's faults. And Fred needs to play at the minute because he's just the liveliest kind of sitting midfielder we've got. So if you try to take McTominay out and put a Matic or Pogba in there, we're going to get annihilated like we did against Spurs 6-1 kind of thing. You know, that kind of situation is going to present itself. And I do agree with Seb. I think McTominay does have the skill set, the profile to be a much better player. And when he's allowed to get released like he was against Leeds, you see McTominay's skill set come to fruition a lot more. But at the minute, it's quite obvious to me, he's been told by Ole, you need to sit deep protect the defence and gloss and protect Fred's faults and Fred can do his thing kind of thing. But like Pundit Jay said as well, we need to move away from this model because when it gets to the, the you know, the, you know, the, 
the main point of the season, big games. We're going to keep losing them because that combination will not work in the big games. But for, for, for right now, for where we're at, it works. But I do agree with Seb. I think McTominay is the one that will go on to have a much better career at, at United. I think, that, I think that's very reasonable. He's young, he's a younger one as well. And as you say, that academy product connection always goes far. One game um, that Tomlin did play well in was the FA Cup game against uh, Watford. He scored in the sort of first five minutes. Uh, Pandit Jay, what did you make of that game then? Um, overall, I thought I didn't think United were great. To be honest with you, I thought I thought I thought they started well. I thought they started very well. I thought the energy was right. I thought the tempo was right. Um, I thought the forward passing was right. But uh, overall, it kind of seemed to die down. As soon as um, Watford started getting a bit more of the ball and they started rotating their play and rotating the ball with, is it Pedro, who, who was playing up top with them and Ishmael Sarr on the wing? I thought United stepped off the gear a bit. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit mishmash after that. And to be honest with you, obviously it's a cup match. All you want to do is get through the round, in it. Do you know what I mean? So, so long as you get through, then yeah, you can you can kind of say, all right, do you know what, we didn't play well, but you know what, we're in the next round. But overall, I, I weren't really happy with the overall performance. The McTom thing, you see what he's getting, to me, he's getting that overhype again for doing basic stuff. So he's playing DM and he's doing DM stuff. That's just standard, bog standard DM stuff. Tackle, block, intercept, do what you need to do, mop up. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's going overboard because he scored a goal. So what happens is that gets tied in with this McTominay. He's been at the academy for young and rare, rare, rare. He's got the passion. He's got the heart for it and all of that. Do you get me? Like, but really and truly, yeah, when it mattered last week against City, when it mattered against Leipzig, he didn't turn up. Do you understand me? The only reason he played well against Leeds was because Bielsa gave him the whole field to run into. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's these, it's these little percentages that United have to... After to fix if they, if they want to go on and win the, um, like, the, like the FA Cup or the Premier League do you know what I mean it's small percentages but the percentages that matter do you know what I'm saying no I, th- I think that's very reasonable obviously they get linked because they're both Scottish but obviously someone like Darren Fletcher and Scott McTominay obviously Darren Fletcher joined the coaching staff recently I think when Darren Fletcher played he was sort of a squad player initially then he broke into the first team more and I, I would have thought in a proper Old school United team. Ten years ago, Matt Tomine's a squad player. He's not starting. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you got to remember with Fletcher, he had the guys like Carrick and Scholes playing alongside him in it. So the mm. quality was there. So as much as as much as sometimes I've got my big doubts about Matt Tomine, I've also got to understand that some of the guys that he's playing with have not got the experience and quality that say Fletcher had when he was playing. Do you know what I'm saying? So Matt Tomine could be. He could be a good squad player in it, like if he gets cold, mm. right? As Sebi said, and that, do you know what I mean? He could be a good squad player, but really and truly, if it was up to me, I'll be honest with you, I'd sell him to Sheffield United in a summer. <laughs> specific with it, you know, he'd even say any club is head, yeah, United, man. championship, you know, championship, maybe <laughs> the championship as well, now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> Chris yeah, Wilder like, needs some help, but no, yeah, no, they they he's fighting for his life down there. Um, but no, you're right. I think you're right. He's not playing with as good as players, and he's not playing with winners. Obviously, Fletcher was lucky enough to come into a team that was serial winners. That winning was normal for them. So I'm getting the impression I'm getting from you guys is Oli is not the man to to coach Matt Tomine. No, not even. I, I just think he needs a better partner. Like I said, he's in the team and he's most of the time when he's in the team, he's covering Fred's faults. 
if we go out and buy a world class CDM, I think McTominay might be allowed to play more to his skill set more. And mm-hmm. he probably would be a squad player, but you'd keep him in the squad. Like like Kaseb said, he's been in the academy since the age of five. He does get it. I know we keep harping on about this, you know, this pride and passion thing, and he's in there for his character more than his playing ability. But he does get it. He does get what it means to play for Man United. He does, you know, hold himself to a high standard. Like he he knows himself that he's not when he's not played well. Um, and he's, he's young as well. We forget how young he is. He's play, He's 23 years old and he's playing a hard position with the lack of quality around him as well. So if we get a good CDM in, there's no reason why he can't become a more expansive and progressive player. And mm. I, I, I do think Ole can coach him on that. Or if we do get another manager, another manager can, can coach him on that. But it's not an Ole thing for me. I feel you. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is as well, Michael? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. You. I've seen this. I've, I've seen this show before. I've seen it with Darren Gibson. I've seen it with Tom Cleverly. I've seen it with these guys that come into the team for, from the academy that have been there for years. Yeah. They've got a bit of quality about them. They know the United DNA. They know the club inside out. Do you know what I mean? But ultimately, mm. the quality is not good enough. And do you know who's just gone through the same thing? Jesse Lingard, the same thing. He's come through, yeah. Everyone thought, yeah, yeah, he's all right. He's been on his loans. He's come back. He's got something about him. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom, boom. But really and truly, when it comes down to it, the quality is just not there. They're just below that bar. Do you know what I mean? And it happens. Mm, not every mm, footballer mm. can be the top, top, top player. Do you know what I mean? So I understand that with a team and with a squad, you're going to need guys that are going to just be in there to fight and bring bring that kind of substance to the, do you know what I mean, to the table. But for McTominay, yeah, do you know what I mean? So for McTominay, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think that I just think there's a lot of noise around him that shouldn't be. To be honest, I, I, I get that, and I think that's, I think that's why McTominay gets criticism because mm. you have got people like me, you have got other people that are gonna gas him up. But the reason why I gas him up is because one, I know it pisses off people, but two, I just feel like <laughs> I feel, I feel that the criticism is too much because in my head, I know the role that I want him to play. I know when we've got a better team, certain games you come in, you do a job. You come back out. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, and I feel like he's getting criticized because people think, right, he shouldn't be starting. You're correct. He should not be starting for Manchester United. We need two better holding midfielders. Fred shouldn't be starting for Manchester United. Do you know what I'm saying? But I do feel like in certain games, he will 100% be useful. You know what I mean? And that's my point. I feel like he can be a much better player with a better coach. So I don't think that Oli's the one to coach him. I also feel like he probably has a role in the team. And unlike, I know you mentioned uh, Pundit uh, Cleverly and Darren Gibson. I feel like Cleverly and Darren Gibson were better than probably McTom. Um, They're probably better than McTom technically, yeah? However, they didn't have no physical ability about them. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's why, you know, eventually they fell to the wayside, they were sold or whatever. Having a midfielder that has, that's gifted physically, is hard to find. Sam, that's why I feel like he's got a base to start from. So I, I generally feel like if a coach, you know, coaches him and says, all right, cool, you know, you've got this physical ability, learn this, da 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 we've got a game against fucking Chelsea. It's tough in the midfield. Like old school, it's tough in midfield. We need somebody who's got a battle. That's what Jose used to use him for. But Tom used to come on and close games out, last 20 minutes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So that's how yeah. I see him and see his right United. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't see him you know, starting and becoming a world beater. I just feel like he's got, you know, a last 20 minutes in him or a certain game against a certain team. Let's put him in there. It's got to be physical. It's got to be, a, you need to win a lot of first and second balls. McTom, this is your game. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's how I see it. 
No, I hear that. I do hear that, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? Because in a sense, that's that's giving him like a specific role in it. And, a, and I feel that's correct with that. But I think obviously the fan base and, and people put him a bit more higher than that when, when really and truly, the way Seb is described it there, I agree with in it like that. He's mm. just there to just do a specific type of job. Let's not overhype him. Let's not yeah. call him mix sauce because there's no sauce about him. Do you get me? Let's just give say it exactly <laughs> what it is and <laughs> how he is. Do you get me? There's no <laughs> sauce, mate. Love my boy, man. Love my you know mayonnaise, mean? my mayonnaise is, a, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a young girl. <laughs> <school. laughs> young girl school, bro. Young girl school. Mac Mayo. No, no, no. I think that's, I think that's facts. I think that's facts. He's, he's, he didn't push forward due to the lack of quality, and that's, that's not his, that's not his game. And I think it's very good you brought up Lingard. In fact, at the game against Watford, eventually seven academy players did play in the game, which obviously is a, is a good sign for Man United, but probably not all of them do meet the required standard. What what did you think about Lingard's performance? He's a player who's not really played regularly. As you say, he's 28 now. He's uh, no longer uh, sort of... Obviously, there's that there's that joke that, you know, he's got potential. Obviously, he should have realised said potential now. What do you think about Lingard? Uh, Pundit Jay, what, what's your feelings on Lingard? My feelings, um, honestly, I just I don't know why he's playing for Man United still. To um, to be truthful, because I look at him, I look at him, and I see I see the same thing. He's a good, he's a decent Premier. He could go to somewhere like Watford, somewhere like Crystal Palace, somewhere like that. Yeah, and he and he and he, and he could play every week and, and stand out. Maybe, but at Manchester United. He's not, he's not got it anymore. And to me, when I watch him play, he's like watching a five-a-side player playing 11-a-side football. That's what it looks like to me. He's tippy-tappy with it. He tried... When's the last time you've seen Lingard produce a great final final through ball? He's playing number 10. When's the last time you've seen... When's the last time you've seen him score goals regularly? He's playing as an attacker for Manchester United with one of the biggest clubs in, 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 in the world. There's no room for these type of guys. And... It's a, it's a bit sad because obviously he went on his long spell. He came through and he's done all right in a sense. He's made a nice career of it. But ultimately, if you want to be going to win things, I don't think Lingard should be any part of it. To be honest with you, Aka, I'm the, I'm not going to say now. I'm going to wait till the end to say something. Aka, what you feel? What are you feeling? What do you what do you think about what Pandit Jay just said? Uh, yeah, I have to agree with him. It's it's a sad story because obviously we like to see our academy graduates do well, but he's not at the level. He hasn't been playing regularly this whole last calendar year. I don't know what he's doing at the club anymore. He needs to go out and get regular game time, play week in, week out, like Jay said, and get some minutes under your belt and try to get some you know, kind of decent form. History will, will look at him a bit more favourably because he's got a few cup winners. He had a good run under Mourinho. You know, he made, he made a fair go of it, but you're 28 now. You need to get your minutes under the belt and go elsewhere. With McTominay, it's different. He's 23, so you know he's, he's still got his hard yard and his minutes to, to rack up. But with Lingard, I'm, like I said, I'd, I don't want to see him play against United, to be honest. Because it's just sad. Because when he comes out, he gets rolled out after six months in some kind of dead rubber cup game. And he doesn't even manage to, you know, thrill us there. So I think he needs to move on for his own sake this January. Seb, two, two, two out of the three panel think it's time to go. Are you are you team Lingard or you think you should stay for the banter, for the Instagrams? What, what are you saying? Um, yeah, man, I think Lin- Lingard's time's up. You know me, uh, I had an emotional connection to Lingard, man, before, man. I used to love him, you know what I'm saying, because me and him are the same age. I've been watching him since, you know, forever. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I've been watching him since forever. Um, you know, like, seeing him play loads of times when he was a kid, growing up or whatever. So I just always wanted him to do well. You know what I'm saying? I always really wanted him to do well. However, 
you know, if United need to get to the to 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 where we're at, especially in those number ten positions, yeah. Even if you are a sub and you're playing number ten, you have to have something about you. Yeah, I'm saying if we're rotating and we need some squad depth and it's your time to play, you need to have more about you, not just circling the ball and, you know, keeping it moving or whatever. We actually need to see something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd better, it's better, I'd rather, you know, play, you know, one of the 23s there. You know what I'm saying? So um, I feel like something's missing from his game. Whereas before he had like the off the, off the ball runs and he, he was making things in a box and he was scoring. I think the fact that that's gone is kind of damaged him. And um, he, he possibly could, you know, improve on that. I know he's 28 or whatever, but I know he can possibly get that back, but I don't think he'll get that back at United because he needs to play a regular game. So, even if he drops down a tear, you know, into, you know, one of the top 10 teams or or goes abroad and forges a career there, that's fine. But I just don't feel like, especially in the, attack, in the attacking positions, he's doing enough to, to keep his place in the team. Especially when you've got young 23s that are quite exciting and, and lighting it up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that's unanimous. I agree. I, I still don't know. I agree with you guys, man. I don't know what he's doing at the club. 28, this gives me DRB vibes. And he's not even injured. So I think it's yeah, it's time to sort of cut losses with him. Um, I don't know when his contract ends, but even if they just sell him on a cheap to another club, he can revive his career. I think sometimes we forget with footballers, like to get to the level he's at, uh, from when he started out, he's probably in the top one percent of people that make it, especially to make to make uh, and start his career at Man United. So give I give him props, but I, yeah, he's just not at the level. I think that's that's the the the, nut, the nuts and crannies of it. So, but game moving forward, obviously the cup games are now behind us. And I should say, man, apparently we've drawn Liverpool in the FA Cup. So uh, we've got Liverpool in the league, and also we've got Liverpool in the cup the week after. Pundit J, initial thoughts to this breaking news? Hey, oh, bring. Sorry, is it uh, Let's find out. Yeah. Bring it on, man. Scouts is Mankinians, what? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, big games. On big side. games, man. Big games. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. Listen, do you know something? Yeah, the league game's going to dictate a lot because if we go there with confidence and we do what we need to do, then obviously the cup game follows and then we can we can go there again. Do you know what I mean? Spirits high and all of that. But Liverpool, we know what it is, isn't it? So, listen, it's a big, big, big game, especially for us lot in the northwest. You know what I mean? These these are our main rivals, you know what I'm saying? So, it is what it is. So, if, if, if we're going to be out there fighting on our fronts against Liverpool, then, yeah, man, bring it, in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. That's it. Yeah, uh, Aka, it's, it's, we're, we're at home in a cup game, but obviously, we're away to them in their league. Um, obviously, not not trying to overlook the Burnley game too much. What, how do you think we'll size up against Liverpool? I think, I think, you know, Roger. no, no, I was, I was just going to say like the, like the Burnley game, as, as Michael just mentioned, it, it's, it's big, it's big. Do you know what I mean? Because that's going to set the tone for the whole week. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, sorry, I could go on, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's a big week for us in the league because we're going to see if we're in a title race or not, whether we've got the credentials. In the cup competitions, when we've got to the semis, we've sort of, I wouldn't say bottled it, but we've dropped the ball. So we need, to, if we want to be serious about going in a title race, or if we think you know halfway through the season want to be top of the table, this is a big week. Three points is a must at Turf Moor, just because it's our game in hand. 
we need to make it count. You can't sit here for four months and say, oh, game in hand, game in hand, game in hand, and then lose it. So we're going to have to win that. And also, it gives us momentum going into the biggest game of the season for us. Liverpool Anfield is always it's my favourite game of the season, always. It's the first fixture I look at when we play. Whether, we, you know, whether we're fifth in the league or we're top of the table, it's a massive game. We always want to win at Anfield. We, are, we haven't won in Anfield. Like Jay said, it's the big thing in the Northwest, bragging rights, the two big clubs of English football. We just simply haven't been good enough at Anfield in the last five to six years. We're due a result, and I hope this, this Sunday we can get a result, not only just for the bragging rights, but for the position that will put us in for the second half of the season. That's impassioned, fam. Uh, Seb, all right, look, uh, assuming we can't disrespect Burnley, every game in the Premier League is hard, but assuming that hopefully we get the three points as we, we should do if we're serious, what is what is a what is an expected result against Liverpool? What, what what are you going into that Liverpool game sort of expecting United to come away with? Firm, number one, I'm disrespecting Burnley. They've only got like one black player. So disrespect for them. Ah, yeah. ah, ah. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> number two. <laughs> I need... We need to... He looks a bad one, though. Hey, Brexit, bro. Brexit. Proper Brexit. Proper, <laughs> I, can, I can see it. I can see it. Can see it. Proper Brexit. <laughs> He's the poster child, bro. Proper Brexit, but we move, innit? Um, uh, yeah, Liverpool. I feel like if we beat Burnley and... At least get a result at, at, at Anfield, didn't it? We just can't lose uh, to, to Liverpool. We can't lose. Like, and for me, I, I, I feel like that that five at the back that Oli does. I think it's time to bring it out. Do you know what I mean, we can't lose. We should just kind of Free catch them on the counter. Yeah, we should. We should. We should, well, we should don't bring you remember it out, Leipzig? Man. Don't you remember Leipzig? Yeah, but Liverpool. Started. But the thing is, yeah, yeah Leipzig. Leipzig, yeah, are well coached in a way where they were overloaded in midfield. And it was just super confusing for Wan Bissaka. It was just get a move to or whatever. We played that. We played that three at the back against Liverpool before, and we've always looked decent, like uh, against Liverpool when playing that three at the back in it. So I feel like we should definitely try that, and we just can't lose. The reason why we can't lose is not so Liverpool because again, Liverpool are always going to be there or there abouts. It's when you look at City's run of fixtures, it's very, very, very favourable for them. I'm trying to say they've got a, a few teams. In fact, the next five fixtures, they should they should be winning. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Plus, they've got a couple games in hand. Yeah, so if we win against Burnley and we don't lose against um, uh, Liverpool, regardless of what City do, we could still remain top. However, if we do lose against Burnley, or if we don't win against Burnley, we don't lose against Liverpool, we also got to think about City that are coming coming through because everybody seems to be forgetting um, about the Manchester City. And I think that's how they like it. Slowly uh, and quietly going about their business Very and then eventually quiet. just pop up. Do you know what I'm saying? So... So we're saying, so you're saying it's a not lose. Pandey J, are you do you think we could win? You realistically, deep down in your chest, think United Man this current Man United team can go to Liverpool and get the three points. I'll tell you, listen, in my head, sometimes I sit there and I think, nah, do you know what? United are not ready to go there and batter Liverpool like that. Do you know what I mean? But then I look in the mirror sometimes and I think, wow, why not? Because you know something, yeah. You got you gotta ask yourself this now. On their day, Manchester United, yeah, can do anyone. Do you know what I mean? On a single game, they can do anybody because they've got 
see, you, you see United's counter-attacking um, speed and, 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 and directness, yeah? It can hurt any team in the world on the day. Now, whether that day is going to be this week is a different thing. And that's what Oli's going to have to try and set up because Liverpool leave huge, huge amount of spaces behind their defence. Now, for Martial, for Rashford, even for Daniel James, who I don't like, yeah? Even for them type of guys there, that's, that's, that, that's going to be bread and butter for them. But it's not about that. It's about how can United exploit it? How, how they're going to get, get, get the ball into those spaces? That's where my issue is. And that takes us back to the conversation we was having about the midfield. And, because Fred and McTominay, if they're going to play against Liverpool, what that's saying to Liverpool is, OK, you lot, you have the ball. We're just going to sit here and try and tackle and intercept. What I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, what are we going to do with the ball? Because for us to win the game, we're going to have to use the ball correctly, innit? So to, to use the ball correctly, are, are you supporting Seb 352? Are you taking Matt Fred out of the picture? How, how would you set up against Liverpool? Um, I'm, uh, for me personally, I, w- I would go the three at the back. But what I'm going to make sure I do is I make sure that I've got guys in the forward line and just, yeah, whether it's Bruno, Pogba, whoever it is, yeah, I've got guys that can play that final pass. Because, listen, against top teams like Liverpool, yeah, you might not get that many opportunities to play that final pass. And, and you know what? We should have learned the lesson from, from the City match. When you get those chances, you have to take them to win these games. So I want my Pogba's, I want my Bruno's in the team, as well as I'm at Fred, or uh, I'm sorry, a Fred, or a Matic. Do you get me? Languishing behind who doesn't move in, from in front, front of that defence. Because remember, we've got three centre-backs, or two centre-backs plus Shaw. Do you know what I mean? Plus Tellers as a win-back and Wan-Bissaka as a win-back. So, so long as the security is tight, then, you, then that allows the forward guys and the attacking midfielders to be able to try something at Liverpool. And I think on the day, United can do it, whether it's going to be the day or not. That's a whole different story altogether. Do you know what I mean? OK, so Aka's going with a 3-5-2 as well. Uh, no, no, sorry. Pandit Jay, you're going with a 3-5-2. Aka, how do you set up against Liverpool? I think we're going to have to be... We're going to start off with 3-5-2. We have to start off with 3-5-2 just, for the, just to sort of limit their attack. But we're going to have to be very flexible for me, one of our best performances this year was PSG away. And the reason mm-hmm. why it was one of the best performances was because we were tactically, we were very fluid throughout the game. So we came out with a high press. You know, we sort of got the early goal with the penalty. We then sat into a 3-5-2 shape. Then at the start of the second half, you know, we were said to them, you know, you come at us. We're not going to press you anymore. We've got the lead. You come at us. Then they, they equalised and we sort of went into this diamond and he used the bench really well on that day as well. So he got Pogba off the bench. I don't think Pogba was going to start. But Pop, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean Pogba won't have a big role in the last 30 minutes. So it could be starting off 3-5-2 and then towards the end of the game going into some form of a diamond depending on where the match situation is. For me, like Jay said, there's no reason why we can't win. We're not going to get a better chance to beat them under Klopp than this year because the big man at the back is out, Van Dijk. The Spanish midfielder hasn't even turned up yet. They might have signed him next year rather than this year. And Salah <laughs> and Mane are, are on furlough from what I've seen. So, you know, we're not going to get a better chance, but we're going to have to be very fluid tactically to do something there. So, we, you know, we start off 3-5-2, you start off with McFred, but you, you might end up with Pogba on a diamond in the last 30 minutes, depending on how the game's going. So, I think Ole will have a formation in mind to start off with, but he'll have different formations for different situations. Hence, if we take a lead, he might mix it up and say, we're going to sit back. If we, if we go 1-0 down, you know, we need to be open to that idea that we might concede because they are a good attacking team although they haven't shown it recently and then we might have to go into a diamond so it's going to have to be f- the order of the day will have to be flexibility Okay, I fool you 
I feel you. So we're all starting with a three, three, five, two. Okay, let's get some predictions. Seb, what, what's your prediction? I think I think it might be two one to us. I feel like we we go up two 0 very early, and then we sit back for the whole game, and Liverpool get one at the end. It gets tight, but we manage to scrape it, and it, it, it is two one to us. Uh, I feel like we're overdue a win at Anfield. One, as um, the lads have been saying, but two, Liverpool are not gonna go unbeaten at Anfield forever. Yeah, it's not it's not gonna happen. Yeah, so. Right now, when they've got the Hardy Hardy boys or whatever you call them at the back, no Van Dyke, no nothing. It's just bare wrestlers at the back. This is the time to attack them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Rashford, bro, when Rashford, what's that? What's the Kevin, Nate, Nate Jones or whatever? What are these centre backs? I don't even know their names. I don't even know if they've yeah, been on FIFA. Yeah, 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 these yeah, centre backs yeah. that they have, when Rashford catches them, do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the time, Marshall. This is where you can be forgiven. Do you know what I mean? You've been shit all season, but this is where you can be forgiven in games like this. Greenwood, he hasn't turned up. This is where he could be forgiven. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I just yeah, feel like yeah. it's, it's, it's overdue and um, uh, it should be 2-1 to us, hopefully, man. That's, that's true. If, Mar- if Marshall turns up and makes it 9am again, then the fans will forgive him. Pandit J, what's your score prediction? My score prediction is... Um... I think it's going to be a game of counter-chess, counter-attacking chess. I think that's what it is. I think the first goal is going to be vital. Whoever gets the first goal, that's going to allow the, the opposition to come onto them, which is going to leave X amount of space. Remember, Liverpool have got Salah and Mane, who are runners. United have got Martial, Rashford and James, who are runners. So it's all about the space. It's a chess game, in it? And I believe it's going to be a draw, to be honest with you. I think Liverpool are going to come at United fast. They're going to look at us and think, don't let these guys rest. Do you get me? That's what's going to happen. United are going to have to weather that storm and hit Liverpool on the counter. So, yeah, a draw for me. A score draw or no, no? Um, score draw. One all. One all. Okay. All right. So, we've got United win. We've got a draw. Aka, what are you feeling? Um, I'm going to go with Jay. I think it's going to be one all. I think we're going to get the lead, hopefully. And we're going to try to hold on. But we're going to have somewhere, somewhere mistake or a moment of quality is going to happen. And they're gonna get an equaliser, and it'll be one all. But I would give my kidney for to, for us to get pummeled for ninety minutes, and then a John O'Shea type winner, a Bruno penalty or something. I'll hey. give a kidney for that. <laughs> I'll tell you now, I need just, that, for the amount of, just for the amount yeah. of yeah. I'll give my kidney for a John O'Shea. Jeez. In front of a <laughs> no cop there anyway. <laughs> Maguire had a one bissaka missing slice. Into the top corner. Kind of yeah, one Bissaka pot shot, 35 yards out. Anything, I, yeah. I just had to smash it. I'm gas, you man, I guess. I'm going United 2 1, pure passion. No formation behind this, no tactics, pure passion 2 1 United. That's simple as Oli. is gonna, he's gonna pull off a master stroke. Liverpool haven't won, lost at home in the league for years, for mad years. But they don't, they don't have no Van Dyke, as you man are telling, as as you man are very correct. No Van Dyke, no Gomez, Thiago. He's he can put a few comps together, but he's not really arrived yet. So it's time to get them, man. It's a time to get them. And if we yeah, don't 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 man said Dan James winner. <laughs> All be forgiven. <laughs> uh, if Dan James scores the winner, geez, I'm gonna have to join Akko with this right kidney thing, you know. I'm going to have to join him. <laughs> I'm going to have to jump on to put it on the black market or something. <laughs> but one guy who probably won't make the, the team on uh, 
on Sunday is our new signing, Ahmed Diallo, 18-year-old teenager, winger, signed from Atalanta. Um, I don't know. I got I got Cristiano Ronaldo vibes, man. We signed we signed the young Cristiano Ronaldo. Who was it 12.2 million from Fortin Lisbon in 2003? And it, it just feels reminiscent of that. Pandit Jay, what, what, what do you think of what you've seen of our new signing, Ahmed Diallo? Um, I think he looks a very, very good prospect, yeah? But, uh, and I think it's a decent investment. But, like, you mentioned Ronaldo and guys like that, and we got sometimes we have to take it into perspective and think, you've got to remember, you know, Ronaldo played 30-plus games for Sporting before he come to United, you know? He, 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 he was in sport, sporting Lisbon's first team, do you know what I mean? So I think what's happened is with Amad Diallo, there's a lot of pressure on him in it. And I think because United didn't get Sancho in the, in, the, in, 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 in the summer and this kid's coming in as kind of like the right winger, we've got to really take our time a bit because we don't want to put too much pressure on the kid and he comes in and he fails and all of a sudden we're back to square one again. But from what I've seen and, and the clips that I've seen, he looks very, very good, do you know what I mean? He's very nifty, fleet-footed. Do you know what I mean? Can, can go both ways on his left, can go on his right. Do you know what I mean? Eye for goal as well. But we have to take it into account, as I said, he's 18 years old and he hasn't played 10 games for Atalanta yet. Do you know what I mean? Now he's jumping from Atalanta to Manchester United and he has to remove Greenwood, Rashford or Martial. So the pressure's there, do you know what I'm saying? But listen, I'd love nothing more for the kids to come in, yeah, and be a bad boy and turn up. Do you know what I mean? And it can happen. It can happen, man. So yeah, man, I'm looking... I'm looking forward to like to watching him anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? As we should be, man. It's always exciting when you get a new big money signing. Some with a lot of promise, but as you say, not a lot of experience. Well, a lot of promise. Well, big yeah. price tag. Seb, what do you think about our new man? What, what have you seen of him? What have you heard? How are you feeling about the signing? My boy, Black Messi, man. My boy, Black Messi. Yeah. He's, he's, on, he's on route, man. He's on route, man. Um, you know, for me, bro, I've done a lot. Of, I've done a lot of scouting. And some of my friends that are scouts, yeah, have they've looked at him, you know, like I don't know, scouts have like a next um type of system where you can look at look at games or whatever, and they're hyping him up. They're saying that this guy's the truth. So I'm hanging my hat on them. I'm hanging my hat on them. They're saying like this guy's the truth. Also, I, was, I think I, was, I listened to a clip on uh Fabrizio's uh he was on a podcast or one other podcast or whatever, and he said basically not what United done is a masterstroke. So, like, obviously, because of the fee, yeah, um, uh, uh, Italian clubs didn't want to pay the fee. They all wanted him, but they never, ever wanted to pay the fee. And they were just, like, taking their time and wanted to see what happened and whatever. United has obviously gone in there and paid, like, a higher fee and got him out ASAP. And I feel like that's really important because um, some of the things that I say about United is that we've been slow. We wait for players to go to another club or a middle club, and then we go take them for 90 million, which I'm trying to say, or 70 million or 50 million or whatever. Whereas we can go in really early. So it may look like a high fee now. However, for me, there's massive upside. Um, and again, people are raving about him. The small clips I've seen is, you know, it's a, it's a type of player we need. We need like a, you know, a, a winger, a proper winger that can, you know, go left and right. It looks like he can link up, go past players and stuff like that. So it's, I, I'm quite um, I'm quite intrigued to see how, how he looks um, at Man United. And on top of that, when you look at, at Atlanta, there's no, there's no, 
um, there's no like uh, you know qualms of not getting into that team because that team bangs goals. Their attacking, their attack is mad. Do you know what I'm trying to say they bang goals for fun. So you know, even yeah. making his cameo and stuff like that, um, yeah. it, it's quite impressive. So I, I want to see what he does. Um, but I'm hopeful because of the raving reviews I've got from him from from other from other people. True. Okay. So he's he's, he's got good reviews. His clips look good. Aka, you, you must be positive as well, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Like like Seb said, we've broken from our model. We don't normally do this. We don't normally go in and just splash the cash. But I, I do think this kid is. This is pure hunch, by the way, because I've only seen him play like forty minutes. But it seems as though the noises that are coming out of Atalanta and Italy, this kid is that good. Hence why we've just gone in, paid the fee, got him out. And Oli wanted him in January. Like they were talking about loan deals next summer. He just said, "Now nah, we want this kid now. Um, I think his mm. first five games will be pivotal. But from what I've seen, he's got a really good touch, really good head. He's composed. You know, he goes off both feet. He's got all the attributes to light up the Premier League. And I think if he hits the ground running in his first two, three games, like we talk about Ronaldo, but the issue was when Ronaldo came, the minute he stepped on the pitch, I know he played 30 games and, you know, he had had some form of professional football under his belt. But the minute Ronaldo got the ball, you looked at him and you thought, this guy's here to stay, man. And I think the same with Mamad. I think the minute he plays and he touches the ball and he has his first cameo, because he's most likely going to come off the bench, and he has a 20-30 minute cameo, you're going to look at him and you think, rah, this guy needs to start. And for me, he's coming in for Dan James. And the bar is in hell with Dan James. No offence to him. Well, actually, all offence to him. The bar is in hell with Dan James. Because this guy <laughs> he's running into bodies. That's what he does. He just runs into bodies. I hate so him. I think the minute we start getting Ahmad on, Instead of Dan James, we're just going to be happy naturally with that. And then he's going to push on. And I, I do see a bright future for him. Wow. Jeez, we're, we're really getting Dan James out of here, yeah? <laughs> yeah, get him out of here, man. <laughs> Jeez. Pandit, you're driving him to the airport yourself, yeah? You're driving personally, yeah? <laughs> yeah, personally, mate. No messing about. Get him out of the club, man. Yeah, he, he needs to go quickly. But the thing is, Seb, you're talking about scouting reports. Obviously, Sir Alex had good scouting reports on Bebe. Are you not scared? That was was an under-the-table thing. You know, big up Sir Alex, but that wasn't a proper scouting report, man. That was Satin Kels, man. You know, back in the days, man, there used to be some next type of dodgy dealings, and that's what that was. Because, yeah, uh, again, like... um, A winger, you know, from from Europe. You know, yeah, nah. is the truth. Oh. Every club wants him, man. Like, they're rating him. The scouts are rating him. For when the scouts are rating him, I'm rating him, man. I'm, I'm all in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people that know football, they rate him. Every single person that knows football rates him. Do you know what I mean? When you look at, you know, when you listen to the podcast, or you listen to, you know, different people that are in transfers or whatever, and they break down this kid, they say, yeah, like, they can't believe that Man United have got him. This is like a proper, uh, you know, it's a proper, it's a proper coup from Man United, you know. So um, again, um, he he comes with high expectation because um, he, he's definitely a, a youth player, which they feel like he could he could be one of the best players in the world. So um, again, I, I'm I'm looking to see how 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 he fits in and and what he does uh, from the very start, man. From the very start. I'm just messing with the baby question. May may God protect Ahmed Diallo. No, no, he will not become a baby. Please, please, we, we can't afford it. This, there's a pandemic going on. We can't afford it. But one man 
that uh, has left the club or will be leaving the club is uh, Timothy Fosumensa, our right back, our Dutch right back, 23 years old, allegedly to buy Leverkusen for a very small fee of 1.5. Uh, million pounds. Uh, Pandit Jay, what's, what's your reaction to that news that we're potentially losing uh, understudy to Aaron Wan-Bissaka? Yeah, I think I think um, United have probably looked at it and, and, and have probably looked at it and thought, you know what, if we can get Ethan Laird some minutes on loan, um, we've got Delot playing at Milan at the moment. So for Timothy Fossey-Mensor, uh, he was always going to come to this point. I don't think he's got the level of te- technical ability. I don't think he's got the level of composure to play in a specific position position for Man United and be the main guy. So I think he was always going to be like a squad kind of guy. So for him, it's probably a, the best move for him, to be honest with you. Because I don't think he'll be playing games for Manchester United. So all round for United, they'll get a little fee for him. He'll get to play regular football and everything just keeps moving. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, decent player, Dutch. And that, but now nah, for me, not good enough for Manchester United. Is that is that is that the feeling with you, Aka? Just simply not good enough for Man United. It's a shame because when he when he broke onto the scene, he looked good and you know he had good attributes and he looked he was versatile as well. So he played across the back line. He played in midfield as well for the academy. Um, you know he had a, he had a high ceiling. So so we thought. I think injuries have really ruined him, and he's he's had a stop start career. So I'm just happy for him to get out and get some minutes. These guys need minutes and. Sitting on the bench at United isn't going to help them or us. So, like I said, we got our little fee. I wish him all the best. Um, I just think injuries have ruined him as a player, so he'll never really unlock that potential that at one point we thought he might have had. It's difficult, especially when the young players on that sort of tra- trajectory to get that sort of serious injury can really sort of cur- curtail their development and and their career sometimes in the eventual sense. Seb, what what what's your thoughts on the transfer and do you think he can recover the form? that he won't show that Man United? Mm. No, again, I think it's more so an injury thing. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, as like I said, when he first came in, uh, uh, into the team, he looked quite excited. looked like he had loads of pace. Um, yeah, like his tackling was good. Loads of pace, loads of strength. I could see him in the DM role. However, with like multiple failed loans, multiple injuries, I feel like it's great for you know, both parties to kind of cut their losses and just keep it moving. Again, as I said, we get we get our small 1.5 or whatever, we get him off the books and he gets to possibly rebuild his career, do you know what I'm trying to say? Because who knows? He's, he's still quite young. He's, he's able to rebuild his career. But for me, I was done with him when he couldn't really break into the team at, at Crystal Palace or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Man, was on, man went on loan and was on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that's not the, the standard of uh, player we need at Man United. Um, we need to start kicking on from there. And um, again, Laird is on loan. So obviously there's a there's an eye on him to see how he does because mm-hmm. he will be coming into that position. Dallow's on loan. Um, if Dallow, apparently he is performing well, but if he continues to perform well, United will have a decision to make. I don't think that there's any role left for Fonsu Mensa to play. If he had, because I think he turned down a contract extension. So if he had to take that contract, United do that contract extension thing, which annoys me. They like to reward players like Pokemon cards and that. So we keep these cards and when we, yeah, when we need them, we'll fling them out or whatever. But I'm glad that he thought better of himself and he refused uh, the contract and and went on loan because I'd have been pissed if he signed. So yeah, uh, good luck to him and hopefully he can rebuild his career to to some decent type of level. Hopefully he can, man. Hopefully he can. Twenty three, as you say, young and 
obviously you leave Man United, you leave Man United is an elite club. It doesn't mean you can't have a, a decent career. And obviously by Leverkusen are a decent uh, European team. But what, what other transfers would you guys sort of want to see? What other rumours are you hearing about this January transfer window? Obviously, January is usually a quiet one. Uh, but did last, this time last year, we did get a certain Bruno Fernandes. So what, what, what sort of deals would you like to see United do? Realistic deals at that, open to the floor. If we can get uh, a DM. See, the thing is, I don't like I don't like wishing for players because with Manchester United, when it comes to players, when it comes to transfers, there is always some heartbreak mixed in with some type of joy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there might be a little bit of joy, but there's more so heartbreak. So I've even said in one of my, one of my Man United chats is, I don't want to see no transfer news. Just let me know when it's done. You know what I'm saying? So we were supposed to, we were supposed to get that Salcedo guy apparently now because he has multiple agents and they're trying to do mm. multiple things. It's not going to happen. But again, two weeks, three weeks ago, it was as good as done. You know what I mean? So um, with yes. Man United, with Man United transfers, I'm not really interested in hearing that. Um, but again, like if I had a wish list, it would be a DM, um, and it would be a centre back. Uh, and the only reason why I say that is because I feel like those are achievable positions. If you if you if you go to the right club, um, obviously in the summer, I would love a proper number nine, um, and you know probably another midfielder, but. In the in January, achievable positions would be a DM who can win the ball and pass, and a centre back because uh, Bailly is made out of glass. Maguire, he is in it. Lindelof started the season well, but I think he's soft. Tunzebi injury crisis. Um, so yeah, uh, possibly a, a DM of some sort and a centre back. Pandit J, I was, I was saying DM and centre-back way back in the summer. Do you agree with Seb? Do you think uh, Basuma's an option? Or what, what other rumours are you hearing uh, from, from your end? Yeah, I think I think most of the fan base obviously um, agree with Seb, with, with obviously that we need a centre-back, we need a proper DM, and obviously the right wing, that's always going to be an, an issue to sort out. I think the bonus signing for, for United would be somebody like a Grealish to just come in, but I think there's more pressing concerns. And I think this summer, this January um, transfer window as well combined, I think it's going to be a bit of, I think it's going to be a bit of a balancing act, you know, because the Euros is in the summer. So what's going to happen is clubs are probably looking at it and thinking, listen, if we can get a guy in now before we go to the Euros and his price doubles, do you know what I mean? So young players, especially which United seem to be targeting. So for example, Declan Rice now, yeah? He might cost 60 mil, 75 mil now. Goes to the Euros, one of the best DMs at the Euros, West Ham are going to be what in 120 straight away. So it's a bit of a balancing act. Do you go and spend big now or do you kind of just wait until the summer and take that risk in it? And I, I think clubs don't want to lose their big assets this January, but for United, centre-back, definitely, because Maguire can't handle pace and athleticism by himself. Lindelof, I feel like I can go on the pitch and bully, bully Lindelof. Do you know what I mean? I'm not supposed to feel like that about my centre-backs. So mm-hmm. when, when Liverpool have got Van Dijk, when City have got Laporte and Diaz and had company, United are messing about. They need to get a proper centre-back and a proper DM, just as Sebi said, a guy that can tackle and pass. Do you know what I mean? Because we shouldn't have to play Fred. Why are we the only club in the Premier League, top club in the Premier League, that's talking about two players to do one job? Do you know what I mean? So if you had a proper DM, you could do what McTominay and Fred do, then we'd be all right. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so... That's my thoughts on the January. I think United will go searching for guys, but whether they can get them or not, I doubt, I doubt it. 
in this window. I think you make a very good point about obviously with the Euros coming up, the delayed a year due to the pandemic. And do you take that, do you take that risk in January? No clubs really like to spend big in January. Ideally not, but I guess it showed last year, Bruno, that you take a chance, you can have a player that transforms the team. And I think our form since Bruno's come in in the 2020 calendar year and the start of this year has been sort of very, very good. Even probably I don't know if it's second Liverpool or as good as Liverpool, I believe. Um mm-hmm. Aka, though, what do you agree with the two? I.e., DM sent sent uh, centre back, or do you, do you see it a little bit differently? I, I need a right back in January, man. I can't be dealing with one Bissaka breakdancing. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. If he gets injured as well, there's no one there with Fosu going as well now. There's well, you're gonna start playing Dan James there now. We need to get yeah. a right back in January. I don't care if it's Max Aaron's or someone that's you know Ethan Laird gone as well now. We can't be dealing with Wambasaka and Brandon Williams. I think Brandon Williams will probably leave by the end of the window as well. So we have to look at a backup right back for me. CDM, I would love one in January. I don't think it's going to happen. Being United being United, we're going to have to wait until summer, get a few people off the books. Um, same for centre-back as well. I think the resurgence of Eric Bailly in the last few weeks has put that one, put a nail in that coffin as well until summer. I think realistically, the only one we probably will get is a backup right back. Um, but yeah, I would love a, a, a centre back to complement Maguire, to bulk up that centre back option list, and we need a CDM like Pundit J said because we've got two guys that can't even do the job of one at the minute. That's scary, and the fact the the thing I find scary about the whole CDM thing, uh, obviously we're saying that's a pressing issue. Last year they gave Matic a new three year contract at like thirty two. Like sometimes, as said, said they, they just keep players. But the thing is, Matic has no resale value. So why are you giving? A 32-year-old, a three-year contract. They're not even playing. He's not even in the starting eleven. Anyways, uh, if anyone has an answer to a rhetorical question, if anyone has an answer, please answer that for me. I don't, I don't get this club sometimes. But uh, we move regardless. Now, now we're just going to round out. I'm going to ask some listeners' questions. One of the first questions is sort of linked uh, to what we were just discussing about transfers, but I'll say it anyway. The question from Vin City is if you could sign any player from a team in the bottom half of the, of the league in January window, who would you pick? Uh, first goes to you. So you got to pick a team from the bottom ten and take one of their and take one of their players. So who are you going for, Seb? Uh, let me see. I've got to look at the. Oh, league. I'm going to tell you the league table. So Arsenal are 11th as they should yeah. be. Leeds United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Crystal Palace, Newcastle United, Burnley, who we're beating tomorrow, Brighton and Hove Albion, Fulham, West Bromwich Albion, and Chris Wilder is fighting for his life at the bottom of the table. So, as <laughs> those 10 teams, what player would you take from them this January? It'd either be uh, Basuma or Neves. I think Neves has had a bad time this season, but I've been a fan of Neves since it was at Porto. Like, I love, and I think that's why I look at him with rose tinted glasses. Do you know what I mean? Because I've just been a fan of him since he was like 18 or 19. Like, top, top player, was a captain at Porto at a very young age, and he, he was a baller. I generally feel like he would do great things in a better team, in a better system. I feel like this Wolves team is like the way it's structured, it's, it's very, very weird. Um, it's quite defensive. I, I don't really fuck with it. I feel like in a team where, you know, in a better team where, um, you know, you probably have more of the ball. 
Um, he'd be able to pick out key passes, and I feel like he'd be like a deep line playmaker. Do you know what I mean? Able to pick, and, he, and he's got a nasty streak to him, and he can bang on goal. Do you know what I mean? So that's the only reason why I'd have him. But um, if I had to pick out of Nevers and Basuma, I'd probably pick Basuma just because I'm on current form, and I don't want to. I, I don't want. I wouldn't want to gamble if you only had one a choice of one player. So you have Basuma, the sort of Brighton midfielder, the sort of box to box combatant midfielder. That's Seb's pick. Pundit Jay, who you taking? Bottom 10, bottom 10 of the league. Bottom 10. Do you know what? It was a toss-up between driving to the Emirates and collecting Saka or going to Wolves and telling him I want Neto. Um, but I'm going to go with Neto, though, for Wolves because I, I look at him and he's young and he's in the Premier League and, it, and he's exciting and there's something about him. Do you know what I mean? And Portuguese players right about now, flavour of the month, mate, because... <laughs> there's a lot of them, do you know what I mean, that are doing well. Technical abilities on point, do you know what I mean? So I look at Man United and I think if we were to get rid of Dan James and Lingard's on the way out and Matters coming to the end of his level and Greenwood wants to go up top, the space is there, do you know what I mean? We've, we've got a heavy schedule. So yeah, if it was me, I'm going to Wolverhampton and collecting Neto. Pedro Neto, a very good young player, 20 years old. Uh, scored a very scored, Chelsea scored a very good goal yeah. to win the game. That was a yeah. very, very excellent strike, man. So, Aka, we've got Pedro Neto, we've got a right, well, we've got a winger, I should say. We've got Yes Basuma. Who are you taking? Bottom I was going to say Neto, but Jay's obviously beating me to that. I think bottom half, Thomas Party is the best player. I know he hasn't kicked on yet, but if we were to get Tom, imagine Thomas Party in our midfield. That's the signing we should, we should have been all over in the summer. But for some reason, we weren't. But Thomas Party, I also like a couple of the, the Leeds United lads. So I think Calvin Phillips is a very good player and he's destined for a top six club. Also, I like the, the two lads they've got up top in uh, Rafinha and Rodrigo. I wouldn't mind a bit mm-hmm. of Rafinha on, on the right wing or even Rodrigo's a good, he's a good number nine. I know, I know he hasn't played much, but they're good players. But I think Party would be the one that gets my vote. Yeah, you guys pick better players than me. Neto is absolutely <laughs> unreal. Partey is absolutely unreal. So, yeah, uh, you guys yeah, are more good. Now, yeah, Partey's a good shout. That would fix a lot of a lot of our problems if we were to get him. It's, 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 um, it's annoying because he was available for £45 million all summer. Arsenal only got him on the last day. It was a touch and go. So, uh, to this day, I, I don't know why United... Did it go for it? Maybe because they signed Matic to a new deal? Or they thought Matic you know was the answer? Yeah, listen, there must be some funny people in them boardrooms because you're giving Matic three-year contracts and you're not going for guys like Thomas Partey who are just dead, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's a mad thing at Man United certain times. You just It makes you scratch your head and wonder, do you know what I mean? Facts, facts. Because, you know, obviously I know he's had a bit of stop-start career at Arsenal and I don't like, you know cutting over Arsenal players, but you got to be honest, that, that would have been a, a solution to a lot of our problems, because I swear, we come on here every week and spend 15 minutes talking about Matt Fred. <laughs> every single week, <laughs> like it's new. Every single week we're talking about that, man. That player. Anyways. Anyway, we can only dream, but I like that. Well, let's go to another one of our listeners' uh, questions. Um... We had someone saying, stop being delusional. Y'all not going to win the league, period. Uh, thank you, Stanley uh, LaRoche. I appreciate that. Um, Harry Adams had a question. Uh, I think we kind of touched on it uh, already. 
But if anyone wants to come in on that again, they can. It was what formation and personnel would you pick against Liverpool and why? Uh, we touched on that earlier, but does anyone want to add anything else? Yeah, no, just, just a free fact. Would you say sorry? Oh, no, sorry. So, Seb, if you're going to play three at the back, which three centre back? Are you playing Juan Zebe? Are you playing Bailly Lindelof? I'm playing uh, my three at the back here is Bailly, Maguire, and Shaw. I think Shaw on the left, obviously, one, gives balance, but two, every time he's played that left centre-back role, especially last season, which is where the tide started to turn on him, is he's played quality. One thing about him is he can defend. Yeah, he is a bit weird in other positions. Um, Don't want to talk on him. Like, his body type is a bit mad. I'm trying to say, like, you know, a bit of a chubby you, but... One thing about the boy, he can defend. But again, like I wouldn't be against playing Twinzebi, Bay, and Maguire. That's actually a good free as well. So I'm trying to say there's loads of pace there, um, and both one v one defenders. So either or would be cool. The only change I'd say instead of McFred, I'd go with Emic Tomine and Van der Beek rather than playing Fred and. Uh, uh, um, and McTominay. The only reason why is because we need somebody that can hold the ball. Yeah, if Liverpool are going to be sustaining attacks eventually, so eventually in this game, it's going to be a period of time where it's going to be attack on attack and attack on attack. We need to know once we get the ball, somebody is not going to lose it or just try to shoot with his right foot and do some next thing that shouldn't be done in it. So I feel like Van der Beek, somebody who can hold position, um, hold position, but also hold on to possession. Um, I feel like he should be used for that game uh, as well. I think that's a good shout. Van der Beek, obviously it was Van der Beek and McTominay that started the game against Watford. And uh, it's a good alternative, as you say, someone that can hold the ball and hopefully someone that's more comfortable in possession. I think that's the main thing. We're, we're complaining that we're struggling about sort of transitions from the defensive phase to the attacking phase. And if you've got someone like uh, Van der Beek on the board, then hopefully that should start to solve that. So we're saying three, five, two. So you're playing Teles left wing back, I'm guessing, and Aaron Basaka uh, on the right wing back. Is that fair to assume if, you, if you're going to have Shaw, Baye and Maguire, then we've got Matt Tomey and uh, Van der Beek. Who's, uh, who's covering the three other positions then? Who's in the 10 and who's up top? It's Bruno, Martial and Rashford. I think them three will play. They've picked themselves. They'll give us pace on the counter. Martial, Rashford will, will trouble their centre-backs. Like I said, we don't even know who's going to be at centre-back for Liverpool. But they'll both like sort of split up and go into the channels and it'll give Bruno that free role as well where he's, he's got to look after the ball a bit better, but he can hurt Liverpool. Them three picked themselves for me. And like I said, depending on the situation, we might have to throw a Pogba in there. We might have to throw a Cavani in there. We might have to get a match in there, depending on the game situation. So that means that we leave uh, Paul Bill Pogba out. Uh, we've got David Akin. He's, he's, not, he's not happy with you, Seb. He's saying that D, uh, Van der Beek wanders and leaves so many gaps in midfield. Think about... The game against Watford, think about the second leg against Istanbul. Does that sort of shake your mind, Seb, or are you quite uh, resolute in your decision? I think it's about instructions, isn't it? I feel like Van der Beek, out of the two that's holding, has been told to be more offensive. Do you know what I mean? That's what I think. And we saw more of that um, uh, against the, the game against Watford where McTominay was the one that was always doing the recovery tackles and he was more in the defensive areas. However, I feel like Van der Beek was more tasked with linking up with Jesse Lingard and doing more of the offensive work. I feel like Van der Beek's such a smart player. 
I feel like if we give him the instructions, he will hold. Do you know what I mean? He's well scored. So, uh, you know, if we say, listen, you know what this type of game is, hold your position. We need these two. You, 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 you're here to, you know, retain the ball. Don't wonder. And I, I feel like he'll be able to execute that, man. He came from Ajax. You know, there's, there's not a, not a better academy, um, you know, than that. Um, so, other than Le Carrington. But yeah, there's not, uh, you know, second best academy. So, um, yeah, man, I feel like if, if we give him instructions, I feel like he'll be able to carry those out. Is he going to play though? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. He, he probably won't play. But um, ideally, I'd I'd want him to play. Pro- Do you yeah. know what? It, 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 it looks like it'll probably be a Fred and McTominay. You know, that's Ollie's trusted too when it comes to big games. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. So no no space for the bill, according to the team we just matched up together. And another one of the listeners' questions is, is Marshall Cavani up top? Obviously, we know what uh, Cavani did in the League Cup. He was the reason that we got to the semifinals. Uh, he's sort of, Marshall did set him up, but then it was Cavani showing, showing that technique, uh, clinical strikers finish. Is he even back for the game? Am I losing my mind here? So, are we sticking with Martial or do you think Cavani uh, warrants a start against uh, Liverpool, the champions? I think Cavani's got a big role. Like I said, it's going to be a game that might be won off the bench. So, Pogba, Van der Beek, Cavani, Mason Greenwood, these four matches, they've, you know, depending on which three come on, they're going to have a big role. I'd rather get Cavani off the bench. Um, and give Martial and Rashford the freedom of the, being the front two and running at that defence because they've got place to burn. And, you know, this is what we have to invest in, Martial and Rashford. But I do think Cavani will have a big role off the bench. I think Pogba, you know, I know we're saying he's not going to start, but he could have a massive, massive role in the, in, the, in the final third of the game. I think he'll, you know, he'll come on tired legs. Um, he'll, have a, he'll have a bit more freedom than he normally does. I think Pogba can do bits in the last 30 minutes. And I think that's how Oli will sell it to him as well. They say, look, you're not starting this game, but you've got a big part to play. Same with Cavani. Mm-hmm. You're not starting, but you've got a big part. You might have to throw your head at something and get us, you know, a smash and grab win or a smash and grab draw or something. So these guys will have these guys will be, you know, G'd up for it and they'll they'll have a big role to play off the bench. Van der Beek, if we're winning one nil, what better player, like Seb said, you know, he's got the technical ability to hold onto the ball, you know, pass it around, not lose it, get it stuck in as well. So these guys will have a big role to play off the bench. It's just scary that we're talking about essentially our biggest game of the season, Liverpool away, and we're talking about realistically not starting Paul Pogba. It's it's just crazy that it's, it's come to this our uh, most expensive signing, and we're talking about playing three midfielders in the centre, and he's not one of them. Yeah, I think do you know what I think that comes down to a lot of the fact that we've not got a proper DM. Because I think if we had a proper world-class DM, someone like a party that was there, then you'd probably trust the little Pogba in there. Do you know what I mean? Alongside him better. Whereas when you see Pogba perform, he's always been alongside very, very good DMs. Kante for France and Pirlo and Vidal for Juventus. Do you know what I mean? Whereas at Man United, who are you going to put beside him? But what I will say is that the back end of last season, when United went on that unbeaten run, it was him and Matic playing that role. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we didn't face the teams like, 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 like Liverpool. But it was them two playing and McTominay was on the bench. But going back to the striker situation, I think Oli's got a difficult decision to make because at Liverpool, what they try and do is cage you in. 
that, that, that's, what, that's what they do. They'll press high and they'll try and cage you in so you can't get out. So it's all about Ooh. the forwards being able to make those runs and also not losing the ball so easily. So Martial and Rashford, as much as they've got the pace to get behind that defence, can they stop the ball coming back to our defence? Because all that's going to do is drive us deeper and deeper and deeper and we're never going to get out. So there's a bit of a tactical battle um, going on on next next week and Oli's going to have to he's going to have to work out which traps to work with and which traps not to work with and that's <laughs> that's the life of a manager isn't it and de- these are the big games and to be fair to Oli he does quite well in the big games isn't it so yeah it should be very very interesting isn't it it should be interesting and he has um he has done well in big games obviously this season obviously started well for the PSG but then he let himself down at home uh, at home against PSG when he should have taken a thread off before he got his red card. And obviously Leipzig away where the three-five-two in that game uh, was to our detriment. But we hope and pray that, um, you know, it's a better result for us. But I think we've got to find a place for Paul Pogba in the team, man. Um, I don't know whether that's a 4-4-2 diamond. Not that that's our best position, but I, I, can't, I can't fathom a game without Paul Pogba, especially... Uh, with Matt Fred starting that, it just burns my heart. I, I can't, I can't. I, yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not playing. I'm not playing Pogba against any high intensity team from the start. Yeah, like I know, I know people love Pogba and sentiment is an amazing thing. However, we're here to win the game. Um, I just feel like Pogba again should be used in certain games, and I just don't think he's intense enough. Bruno, for all his deficiencies, the guy's going to give it. He's, he's, he's intense. You know, he's going to, he's non, he's non-stop running. You know, the tackles are going to be flying about and he can do, he's got a bit of quality in the final third. I feel like this game is just meant for intensity. Do you know what I'm trying to say? As, as, as Liverpool, again, even if it's just 45 minutes, they are going to be pressing us. And we've seen Liverpool Pogba get pressed off the pitch many times. So I don't think this is a, a game for sentiment. And I don't think this is a game where uh, just play Pogba because he's Pogba. No, this is a game where if we win, where, you know, where we've got a clear gap at the, at the top of the league, um, you know, uh, and I've seen Pogba play these games over many years. And, you know, he, he for me, I, I, there's not really a standout game. People will mention the City game where we came back, but I was literally free quality pieces of hard work in the third is for three quality pieces of, of play in the first in the first half he got pressed off the pitch and he played shit so I've seen Pogba play shit in too many big games um, I don't want to risk it I just need intensity in that match that game is about the whole team rather than um, individuals the whole team's all going to be on has to be on song and Pogba could play a key part in the last 20 minutes do you know what I mean? In 20 minutes, if it's nil-nil or if we're losing, I trust Pogba to come on and do, you know, uh, and do some magic. Pogba and Cavani or whoever's on the bench or whatever. But to play him from the start, criminal. I'm not on it. I just think he has... Go on, go on. He's got a history, a, a catalogue of errors in big games. And, you know, when like you said, you need intensity and you need a game plan. Now, I know McTominay and Fred, are, they're not the greatest but they will perform that game plan to the best of their abilities and they probably won't make as many fatal mistakes as Pogba's likely to make. That's why we have to limit Pogba's time on the pitch in this type of game. So I'm not against not having him feature, but I think for that reason, he can't start because he's got he's got a catalogue of errors. I mean, this year, I still, I still haven't forgiven him for the Arsenal penalty. As good as Arsenal were, they weren't going to score that day for me. 
And Pogba had yeah, it without a breath in it. The Corona, uh, post-Corona syndrome. He like said his chest was. Um... What did he say? He came and said he was short of breath. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what, you know what it is though with Pogba. Yeah, it's it's partly not even his fault as well. You know, because United have not set up a team that enables him to get the best out of him and what he's good at. Do you know what I'm saying? So if United had a team set up, then we wouldn't even really be worried about playing Pogba in this particular mm, match. Right. Because United's midfield's a bit wayward. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Then it's a bit it's a bit difficult to see him play, do you know what I mean? In these in these big big especially against a high yeah. intensity team where you're gonna need to move the ball quickly and Pogba likes to dilly dally on the ball sometimes, don't it? Do you know what I mean? And, and gets caught so but it, 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 to me, Pogba's not a problem. I think Man United's setup and the play and the squad and the team is more of a problem than Pogba. They should be looking to fit a poor Pogba into the team rather was, rather than a Saturday worried about playing Pogba, if, if, if you get what oh, I mean. 100%. Oh, that's facts. That's 100% facts. It's just, there's, I think we're very, we're very right to be wary of Liverpool's intensity. They're a high-pressing team. But it's almost like, who would you trust more under the press? Paul mm. Pogba or Matt Fred? That's the question we got to ask ourselves. And that's the question Ollie will probably be asking themselves uh, yeah. as he contemplates the team he's going to pick uh, for Sunday. So we just hope that whatever decision he makes is the right one to sort of win us the game. I'm still sticking with my 2-1. Seb, you still going 2-1? Yep, 2-1. And then Akra and Pundit J are going with their score draws. I'm not as confident, but you know, maybe they're being more realistic. Who knows? Um, but we move. And, yeah, I think we've been on this thing long enough. It's been a good pod. Uh, this has been another episode of the Muga podcast, Make United Great Again. And we hope on Sunday we can be great and we leave Anfield with all three flipping points and we go into our FA Cup game against them the week after, top of the league. All right, man. Please, Lord, hear our prayers. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, lads, for joining me. Thank you, Sebi. Thank you, Aka. Thank you, Pandit J, especially for taking time out of your schedule. We've been the Mugger Podcast. Yep. You guys have a good evening, yeah? Appreciate it. Peace. Yeah, yeah man. Peace. Bless. Bless. Thanks for having me. All right, you no do. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Thank you, man. Mars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Mars in my head like shampoo. 
violate my squad might bang you bang. Only champs in my team like man you Yeah like man you Sports Social Podcast Network